All right, it's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 200. How about that? Number 200, yeah. And I had to get my man Ozeal on the show. You hear him every single show at the beginning. Give it to his brother. This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Yeah! My man, you've been you've been a supporter from the beginning. You're a podcaster yourself. You're a bartender, uh, entrepreneur, uh, musician, man. What, what uh, you do... What else? What what don't you do? <laughs> I, I dabble. I'm a dabbler for sure, man. I like to uh, do a lot of little things um, to make you know life interesting. So it's been fun, man. But listen, congratulations on uh, episode number 200, man. Uh, Thank you. you know, it's quite a, a milestone, brother. And I know those who are into podcasting know that producing a podcast episode uh, isn't easy. It's a lot of work. Uh, so kudos to you, man, on your hustle and, and you know bartender journey. Uh, it definitely has been a journey. What a, what a great title for a podcast. And uh, man, yeah, man, cheers to, to many, many more. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and honored uh, to be part of the, the big 200 episode. Well, it had to be you. It had to be you. And you're right, man. I always say like it, it was the perfect name for the show because it's been a journey. And, uh, you know, what I, what I didn't know about bartending, uh, you know, when I started this thing, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to, uh, about how much I didn't know that I know now, you know, and, and just going to big, you know, going to events and joining the USBG and, and just educating myself, you know, any, any, I, I find like, you know, anything I'm really into, I like throw myself into it, like maybe a little too much. So <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the way to do it, man. You got to go all in. We'll get back to Ozeal in just a minute. But first, uh, being show number 200 here, I wanted to just reminisce about some of my favorite moments of Bartender Journey. Here's a time I got to have breakfast with Dale DeGroff. Those neighborhood bars are critical to the society, social fabric of that neighborhood. And what they provide is a living room, uh, an extended family, and their, their, their main business is not uh, the uh, dispensing of craft or luxury uh, beverage goods. Their main purpose is, is to provide that service to the neighborhood. Uh, I think they have their place. That was during Tales of the Cocktail 2015, and that's episode number 99. Then there was a time I got to talk to Mr. David Wondridge on the phone. Well, I think a cocktail is there to kind of grab you by the lapel. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's like we're going to have a short, intense relationship, <laughs> and it's going to be hot. Uh, but with punch, it's more a long-term relationship. You know, you don't want to have, like, two glasses of punch. You know you're going to have, like, six. You know, it's there. You're there for the evening or there for the afternoon, and punches what you're drinking. It can't be so intense. It has to be mellower. It has to be uh, a little more civilized than the cocktail. The cocktail can be a little rough around the edges, or you know, pungent, strong, funky, all all this kind of stuff. That was episode number one one zero. For episode eighty nine, I got a chance to sit with Jim Meehan at his bar PDT. You know, there's ten other bars in this block, yeah. so the hospitality definitely comes before the drinks, and it's what differentiates the cocktail bars, you know, from each other, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you can get a great drink in at least five or six other bars that are serving drinks just as good as we are here right. within, you know, a five minute walk. But sure. the way in which we handle our, our customers and treat them is why they stay or why they leave and how they feel about their experience afterwards. Then there was the time I got to talk to true master distiller Dave Pickerel at the Whistle Pig Farm. But you know the the whole resurgence of rye was the bartender's fault. Seriously, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, or um, but uh, but really, you know, if you in, in 2005, if you went around and said, Who, "Who's drinking rye?" 
the answer, you either get one of two answers, either nobody or I think my grandfather. Um, you know, and, and that's it. You know, I had an uncle whose name was Rye, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming he drank rye. Um, but, uh, um, but nobody drank rye. 2006 comes along, the cocktail culture begins. And uh, the bartenders start pulling out the Savoy and the Jerry Thomas, and, and they get to read those, and they're going, oh, geez, look at that. The first old-fashioned was made with rye, and the first Manhattan was made with rye, and the first julep was made with rye, and they're going, God, if we're going to make cocktails and we want to be authentic, we need to buy rye whiskey. And there was the time during Tales of the Cocktail 2016 that uh, McAllen sent a Maserati to come pick me up at my hotel. And uh, while the brand ambassador uh, rented the car and a, got a driver, a uh, chauffeur, he was wearing a full chauffeur outfit. But uh, the brand ambassador decided he'd rather uh, not drink and do the driving of the Maserati. So he poured me some McAllen rare cask and uh, he didn't have any himself. He did the driving and I did the passenger side uh, imbibing. Hey guys, we're here with the McAllen Rare Rides. We are escorting fine gentlemen and ladies throughout the French Quarter during uh, Tales of the Cocktail 2016 with the McAllen Rare Cask. The McAllen Rare Cask is from just the top 1% of casks, aging on the McAllen Estate at an extremely high proportion of first fill sherry oak casks. Absolutely exquisite whiskey. You should get some classic McAllen sherry oak notes, chocolate, cinnamon, nutmeg, but what I love really about this whiskey is that it really brightens up on the back um, and wakes you up while you drink it. I love the McAllen rare cask, um, and I love driving a Maserati. (laughs) I got a chance to do a fabulous two-day course with Gary Gaz Regan called Cocktails in the Country. If you don't know about this, look it up. Uh, He does uh, only a few sessions. I think it's about 10 sessions during the summertime, and there's 10 students per session. So uh, well, well worth it. Here's me talking to Gaz during one of the breaks. Yeah, it it is, and it's a gathering place. And the bar is an equalizer. The bar is where the office clerk, office clerk, um, gets to talk to the CEO on equal footing. This is the third place. It's not work, it's not home. This is the community getting together. And neighborhood bars provide that for us. That's Gaz, the Yoda of bartending. And Gaz is famous for his Negroni, in particular his finger-stirred Negroni. And uh, that's going to be our cocktail of the week. It's my favorite cocktail, and I mixed one up to celebrate show number 200 here, and and that'll be our cocktail of the week. Of course, uh, equal parts, gin, vermouth, and Campari. Serve that in an old-fashioned glass uh, with ice. Give that a stir. Uh, If you want to do it Gaz-style, do it with your finger (laughs) or use a spoon. And uh, orange twist. Express the oils from an orange twist in there and, and drop it right in your drink. There's your Negroni. And Gaz also wrote a book, a book all about the Negroni, and uh, it's called The Negroni, Drinking to La Dolce Vita with Recipes and Lore by Gary Regan. So that's our book of the week. Well, as I said, I've spoken to so many great, interesting, cool people I've met through doing this show, and and uh, thanks to everyone who has ever been on my show and who will be in the future. We, we have uh, lots more cool stuff coming up for you in the upcoming shows. I hope you're subscribed, and uh, this way you can go, if you're subscribed, you'll get the new shows as soon as they become available, and you can also browse the back catalog and hear some of that old stuff. If you've been a listener since the beginning, thank you so much. If you're a brand new listener, we're so glad to have you here, and 
and look forward to uh, 200 plus more shows. If you enjoy the show, maybe you can tell a friend. Help spread the word. I'd appreciate it. All right, let's get back to Ozeal. Well, I'm really uh, interested to hear about your, uh, you're, you're going to launch a course about portable bartending or bartending offsite? Yeah, man. So in brevity, uh, as you know, um, Brian, I was I got involved in bartending, got out of the industry and discovered mobile bartending. And the thing that I really enjoyed about the mobile bartending was just uh, the flexibility. Of course, the hours uh, closing. There's really, really not a closing of, of a bar. We don't get home at three or four o'clock in the morning. I usually mm. these weddings and all these different occasions they end eleven to twelve, midnight. So the hours were nice, um, and, and you know more bang for the buck. It was, it was make some good money for sure. So I saw like a lot of benefits in in being a mobile bartender, and now I am in the process of uh, putting together uh, MBA bartending, mbabartending.com, where uh, it's going to be helping people who who probably never wanted, who always wanted to bartend, who are looking for a side hustle, even bartenders as well, uh, who wanna make extra cash on the side. Uh, It got me out of debt. I was in $16,000 in debt deep in the hole, man, and I got through mobile bartending in a year and a half. I was able to pay it off. Yeah, strictly nice. through mobile. So there's a That's lot great. of great things, man, that have come about it. So I'm excited, man, to, to launch this uh, this course um, in helping others uh, build up that side hustle within the bartending industry. They're just one-off gigs, or you're working with an I know you were working, you were sort of managing in the agency for a while. Right, right. So the company, and shout out to them, they're a great company out of Houston, Texas, uh, Bartending to You. And it was uh, two of my friends, they they started that that company, and then they brought me on board. And I was handling their social media, and uh, I was one of their, just their, their main bartenders, uh, training other bartenders, uh, doing a lot of events and they had a lot of vendors uh, a lot of big wedding venues here and um, so started working with them and then just kind of uh, I was going to start my own and I decided not to I do have my own private clientele um, I started kind of promoting myself as a mobile bartender and I started landing some some pretty nice gigs uh, working with car dealerships and the museum and, and private you know home bars and and parties, et cetera, mixology classes as well, uh, which I was, those were really fun. And uh, yeah, man, so that was, uh, it was, uh, that's pretty much how I got started. And uh, it was, it's been a lot of fun, man. So yeah, this is my thing with doing gigs like that. Well, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Where, where I work now, we do a lot of events, weddings and other, other events, you know, and uh, generally for those events, we won't use our our main bar because just because like the traffic flow is not very good and so we have these portable bars right so you know and they're they're on wheels and they they're pretty well laid out you know i mean they're they're well built but you know there's no refrigeration there's no um storage there's no running water and you know all this stuff and i'm like you know every time we do one of these gigs it's like this is a lot of work man this is a drag it's just you don't have enough room to put everything you're going to need to serve, you know, a hundred people. So you have to constantly be restocking. You need somebody to back you up and keep it. So, you know, the thought of walking, doing that plus walking into an unknown situation, man, is just like scary to me. Oh, it is. It is. And, and that's why in, in the beginning, uh, and I always recommend bartenders to get there an hour, two hours early. If you don't know the venue, uh, sort everything out, see whether, you know, what the system looks like. Uh, most of these big wedding venues that they'll have, uh, you know they'll have a big kitchen area, but yeah, there's definitely it, it, it's the the infrastructure is going to be completely different from the bar. 
um, you know, bringing coolers, uh, having they usually have refrigerators in the back where they ice have all the ice. But who's doing all the ordering? So they do. So what ends up happening is the um, the client buys the ice they buy the liquor but are you telling them how much to buy exactly so okay. yeah and usually you can include that in the package uh, like a, just a beverage consultation uh, I, I usually do it for free but you can charge um and you can also in helping them out because a lot of them they that's the first thing they ask when they hire a mobile bartender how much liquor should i buy right and that's usually a big one and then i start helping them out uh, through experience uh, oh, i'll say okay is it a moderate drinking crowd a heavy drinking crowd you know, how many people are you expecting? And from there, I can kind of uh, gauge how much liquor. And they appreciate that. They're like, okay, cool. And I always, you know, give them some tips like, hey, listen, if you have any uh, liquor at home that you don't use and you're cool with sharing, let's start there. Let's save you some money. Let's, let's you know, and they usually, yeah, I do have some bottles of, of Jim Beam. And that's just a great way to start. So, yeah, I, I've learned a, a lot of little tricks and tips in, in helping clients and, and these people create a, an efficient event. But you, you, you have to be telling them everything like to everything down to you know uh you're gonna need this kind of glass the you know plastic i assume you use most of the time right yeah you know? or you know if you're gonna rent i mean that's a whole nother story you know so there's a lot that goes into it and if something gets screwed up you know you're the one uh, uh i don't want to use a foul expression here but you know <laughs> you, you know you know the one i'm thinking of right <laughs> and, and it happens man it happens it definitely does um but i think if it's after doing it for so long, you, you you already know what kind of you know the the glassware to get, and usually it's plasticware. Um, and so you already know what sizes for wine, you know the size for for cocktails. Um, you can go. I'm not sure if you do. You guys have a smart in in New York? Mm, no. Okay, it's so. just basic. Okay. Yeah, it's just for for the service industry, and you can just get everything in bulk. And uh, so you know, uh, but Bevnaps. It's I'm, a vendor, you mean? That yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's it's like a store. It's like a Walmart for you know Bevnaps and stirs and pours. They just oh, okay. bar equipment. Yeah, and that's where I get all my Bevnaps and stuff like that. But usually, you know, cooler, uh, just basic bar tools, a nice scoop, uh, you know, an ice pick, uh, which is like the most underrated bar tool uh, mm -hmm. in mobile bartending, by the way, because they usually, you know, the, the ice sucks. Mm. Uh, these uh, vents, you get the bag. Yeah, bag ice, those yeah. glaciers of uh, ice. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I always tell bartenders when they get it, like, get an ice pick. Trust me, you're gonna you're gonna use it. You're gonna need it because <laughs> you're gonna get these big blocks of nasty ice. So um, yeah, but you just garnish tray your pour spouts, uh, bevnap stirs. You know, some grenadine, just basic stuff, business cards, and it's pretty simple, man. I mean, I, I've got it down to a science. Um, All so, right, yeah, but man. I think that's valuable. You know, giving them. The information of you know this is what you need to buy you know I'm I'm not doing that for free and you know and do you know um the site Thumbtack I do so you know I signed up for that and for anybody who doesn't know you can sign up uh you know whatever your thing if you're a house painter or you know whatever your thing is you can sign up freelancers and and sign up for alerts um based on this and you can put in you know how far you're willing to travel and all this so i so i put in bartender i did it like six months ago and i bid on some jobs uh i got had zero success with that because you know i'm not doing it you know for 20 bucks an hour yeah. you know i mean yeah. even you know even if tips are included i don't care you know first of all usually i'm having to drive you know maybe an hour to get to the gig and back you know and um you know, unless I'm guaranteed a decent amount of money, I'm not. I'm not doing it. And most of them say um, they don't want uh, a tip cup. And some of them will say uh, 
tip cup not allowed, uh, you know, parentheses, will be tipping at the end. I'm like, you're going to be tipping what? I need to know that it's going to be worth my while. Yeah. And listen, I, I went through that as well. And I've learned just a few things as far as putting together. And this is something that I'm going to put in the course of how to construct a, a bar agreement, an agreement, how to be very specific, how to be very, very clear, how to how to handle situations when clients say, hey, listen, I'll take care of you at the end. Uh, yeah. Because I always say you want either a tip jar or host gratuity. Uh, and then, then usually, well, I will take care of it. Like, no, it's, I get it. You want to do host gratuity. Uh, however, I, I have a fixed price for that and it's going to be mm. this price. So you got to, okay. you got to, you got to make sure you get that very, very, you know, get that on contract and, and let them know, give them a specific number before we move on. Um, we have to agree that you're going to pay me this, um, since you don't want to incorporate a, a tip jar. So, uh, right. yeah, that's, that's a big one. And yeah, and thumbtack, man, for those listening, uh, it's, I think if you're starting, that's, I, I, tr I got on there, man, I had no luck because it really is the cheapest labor and it's usually mm. the worst. And I've actually spoken to a lot of people that have hired people on thumbtack and some had a, a positive reviews, uh, with, with the work they've gotten, but some others, I've gotten a lot of people that were like, yeah, this bartender sucked. He was impersonable. Yeah. And it's because I was like, well, you wanted to pay, you know, you wanted to go $15 an hour yeah. to get just, you know, that's, you know, fresh, you know, that's what you're going to get. And then, you know, I'll put a, I'll put a bit in too. And I'll say, you know, um, and if you'd like to create a specialty cocktail for your, you know, special occasion, we can, uh, talk about that too. Parentheses. Uh, extra charge applies. You know, you shouldn't be creating cocktails for people for free. Mm -mm. Nope. I upcharge for customized uh, menus and, and signature cocktails for sure. I've done like a lot of like theme parties and Halloween parties and and like I want, you know, a gin cocktail. Can you make it? And, you know, so yeah, I, I charge and for the most part, they understand. And, you know, what I've noticed, a lot of people don't like to charge. They, they want 20, 25 an hour, which I mean, it's it's money. It's good money if if you know you get you know some good tips, but you know I'm I'm trying to teach mobile bartenders in the beginning. Yes, I, I get it. You know you have to earn your stripes. You you get in there and you know twenty twenty five twenty five dollars is fine in the beginning. But you know I I've with experience I've kind of got this science down to where you can kind of level up and figure out ways to upcharge. You know, for like coolers, for example, like, hey, listen, you want a cooler for your beer? Okay, well, that's going to be extra. That's going to be an extra twenty-five, you know, fifty bucks or whatever. Um, yeah, and you can upcharge on that travel time. You know, set setup time. Setup time, exactly. You know, that's the other thing with Thumbtack. It's like they put in, you know, it's a four-hour party. Right. Yeah. A and you know, so now what about setup? What about yeah, cleanup? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't want to show up in an unfam unfamiliar situation like that and not have. I feel like I need two hours to get my bearings and see where everything is, make sure I have everything I need. Yeah, I, when it comes to Thumbtack, man, they're very just kind of, uh, you know, just dry, you know, just black and white when it comes to their wording and what they expect. Uh, but when it comes to private clients that I've gotten off of a different websites or even a refer, I use social media and say, hey, listen, guys, if you guys, Super Bowl's coming up, if you know anybody who needs a bartender, feel free and I'll get, you know, 10 messages right after that oh nice yeah so it's just using also leveraging social media to kind of get the the word out have somebody invest in somebody get like a nice graphic you can go to fiverr.com or, or a buddy that it's good with graphic you put something together really nice make it look really good design is very important i'm big on design mm -hmm. make it look mm -hmm. really good you put it out there and trust me you know there's always events going on and people are always looking for for bartenders 
<laughs> you know what else is funny? I, I should stop ragging on Thumbtack, but it's like, <laughs> dude, I, I see it all the time. Like wedding, 150 to 200 people, you know, bartender, need a bartender. I'm like, I write back. I'm like, here's a quote, but this is for uh, two bartenders plus a barback because you're going to need that for 200. If you have 200 people at a wedding, yeah, you don't need one bartender. <laughs> you need... You know, one bartender for 50 guests at a wedding is sort of a, I mean, that's, that's conservative. That's, that's for really good service. But, you know, if they think they're going to have one bartender for 200 people at a wedding, no. (laughs) I had a client recently who she, she wanted, she hired me. And then she said, you know, I have, uh, oh, it went from 100 to 100 more. So I'm going to have 200 people. And I'm like, okay. I said, I'm going to suggest something to you. And she says, what? And I was like, I'm going to suggest you get another bartender to be. And, and she was, you know, she was not too happy with that. She's like, well, no, I don't want to pay anymore. I'm like, listen, uh, to to make your, your party, do you want people, you know, waiting in line? I'm like, I can move. I, I, I can shake and bake. But after a while, if it's a heavy drinking crowd, um, it, it's going to get kind of tough. And you need another bartender. Usually I, I'll handle like up to 100. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Over if it gets like one fifty, um, I always suggest yeah. two bartenders. But she was no, she didn't want to pay. And um, she's like, no, no, you'll be fine. You can do it. And, <laughs> How'd it work uh, out? <laughs> yeah. And then what ended up happening was um, I did another one that was very similar, and it was kind of the same attitude. And I did it, and I, I mean, I held my own. But then again, you had people there that were just, you know, holding up the bar, uh, wanting to chat. You know, they were very chatty. Sure. They were ordering multiple drinks. They were getting pissed off when I wasn't able to give them, you know, due to TABC uh, rules, I wasn't able to give them more than two drinks per person and they were getting upset. So it was just, a, a, you know, just a big old ruckus. And I'm like, man, I'll, if only she hired another bartender to get this moving because there were a lot of people that were upset that the line was moving enough. So yes, if uh, you got to be diligent when it comes to clients that don't want to pay. And you know what I've learned, Brian, is you just let that shit go. Like you let it go, you know? You mm-hmm. just, hey, move on to the next. Find another bartender. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I mean, take things too seriously. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, listen, I mean, mobile bartending is a lot of fun, man. You know, as I mentioned, there's there's a lot of benefits. You know, you get you get great money in a short period of time. You know, there's definitely a lot. There could be a lot of social interaction uh, with the crowd. You know, it's less tense um, compared to a bar. It's just a great way to kind of build more of a, an efficient mindset, you know, in regards to speed, you know, because if you're not you know, familiar with high volume or, or getting hit with the rush uh, when the wedding ceremony is over. I mean, you really, you really learn a lot about how to be efficient and engaging the crowd. And then uh, it's just also just great networking, man. You meet, I've met a lot of people uh, in this mobile bartending and got a lot, like a lot of clients, new clients um, just at events. Right, right. Well, like you said, bring, it, bring your cards for sure. Got to bring those business cards for sure. It's like the uh, DJ at the wedding. He always has his cards handy. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you to gotta come prepare. And, you know, I've seen and I've done like signs where you can kind of get like a picture frame and do a nice graphic and, and put, you know, this is their social media. And what I've done, I actually mm-hmm. take pictures and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll create a hashtag and I'll take pictures. It'll be like photos from the bar. And I'll tell clients that, you know, I've built rapport with them. Like, hey, listen, guys, this is a hashtag that I've created for this event. And I usually clear it out with the client first. And uh, so this will be on this page, you know, for the for the bartending business page. And all the, the photos that I'm taking from the bar will be on this page. And here's the hashtag if you want to look at it. And people love it. People love it. They'll, they'll tag. And That's they'll, awesome. Yeah, man, they'll share it. And so it's just... 
some other social media tips that I've learned and uh, and just making this mobile bartending fun, a little more fun. And less less stressful, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you get over the pricing, man, and now, like I said, I mean, I charge anywhere from 50 to 75 and, and above. Um, you know, and again, a lot of the times, a lot of people really don't want to spend too, too much money because you're, you're really making a lot of basic cocktails. And that's one thing that I sometimes, uh, it, it could be very, very boring uh, working the events from a person who loves uh, making signature cocktails. Right. I love, you know, but a lot of the times it's just, you know, they want the basic, you know, Jack and Coke, Crown and Coke. Uh, I mean, it's the drinks are, are really, really simple drinks right right but you know if you pour that with style and you bring some nice pour pours with you pours and what i've done is actually gotten into like uh how can i recreate simple cocktails like you know vodka cranberry and all these other basic you know cocktails what can i do differently um and so i've taken these two ingredient cocktails and see if i can maybe add a couple other things to make it to spice it up and make it fun so Mm -hmm. recreating the the screwdriver and stuff like that just having fun with it and uh, people appreciate that they like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your podcast a little bit. No permission needed. It's all about being an entrepreneur and making your way in this new world we live in, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tailored for people who, who want to take ideas and turn them into businesses and, you know, hobbies into businesses. And so I bring on people that are, you know, social media experts, uh, marketing people. Uh, we, you know, we, we kind of cover the whole spectrum and it's really just conversations man i don't want to make it just a full like how to tactical interview based show i really wanted to to make something like like your show man just you know just conversations about topics that we enjoy talking about and uh entrepreneurship and starting businesses because of the fact that even when i got out of the industry and and got into mobile bartending uh it really kind of tapped into an entrepreneurial spirit and i really love the idea of being in control and i think a lot of entrepreneurs talk about yeah listen i'm i'm an entrepreneur because i love the freedom i love i love figuring out you know um you know kind of making my own kind you know making my own money and 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 that's something that i learned through mobile bartending uh, tying it back is is learning how to deal with clients how to put together contracts how to you know help and, and bring value uh, to clients and, and, you know, make it the best experience ever. It encapsulates the spirit of just customer service with this whole passion of, of taking ideas and turning them into business. I just love it, man. And just the creativity behind it. And uh, so, yeah, I've just bring on various guests and uh, it's just, it's inspiring, man, to bring people. And I've gotten emails from people who start businesses and will email me and say, Hey, listen, I'm so glad I listened to this episode. Cause now I'm I'm launching my podcast or I'm, I'm starting my blog or I'm starting my business now because you inspired me. So uh, that's been that's been uh, pretty cool, man. I, I know you feel the same way being a podcaster when you get emails from people that uh, you and you inspire, uh, whether it's. Yeah. Tell. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fun. Amazing. You and I sometimes talk about how much work podcasting is, but so a lot of cool things can come from it. At Tales of the Cocktail uh, this year, I was at a uh, Jägermeister event and uh, I was talking to somebody. Yeah, some fun over there. Yeah, I had some fun. So there's this guy, like two guys at the next table and I'm like, excuse me, don't mean to bother you, but um, are you Brian? I was like, yeah. And he, he's like, dude, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Look at you, man. Famous. I was like, wow, man, that's, that's know so that cool. Voice. Thanks so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, it was the voice. Yeah, he said, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. How cool is that, right? <laughs> really cool. You know, because sometimes you do this and I've actually did a, a podcast interview or podcast episode on the fact that, you know, you create and do it, do it because, you, you know, you, you love to do it. But 
especially in this podcast world, we don't know who's listening. And it's cool. Like I, I was working this uh, the Jameson uh, ball. Do you guys have that in New York? I think it's. I think they have them everywhere. Uh, Jameson. Um, it's a bartender. Probably, yeah. It's it's it's. I've it's never, for, I've never been, but it sounds yeah, familiar. So Jameson puts on together this fantastic show every uh, event every year, and I was working the bar, and uh, it was cool. So I was just service industry folks. So I saw a bunch of bartending buddies of mine, and uh, a bartending friend came up to me and said, "Hey, listen, man." I just want to let you know that you really, really inspired me to to uh, start a business, and and I listened to the podcast, and and it was crazy because it was it was a bartender friend who I just didn't think. I mean, this isn't, isn't you know my podcast isn't really related to to the bar, for, you know, to the industry, and it was cool to get up to hear another bartender who I didn't think would ever listen to my podcast, you know, tell me that he was inspired by by the podcast. So that's a, always a great feeling, and it reminds you, man, why we continue podcasting, even when you don't think people are listening. Uh, people do listen, and and we are, you know, making a difference uh, in our own little way, right? Yeah, it's so true. You know, we can see the download numbers, and we know we know it's being downloaded. But you know, we always uh, most podcasters will say, you know, I'd love to hear from you, and, and it's and it's true. It's like we're not kidding. We really love yeah, to we hear really from you do, because yeah. you know, we, it, sometimes you feel like you're broadcasting out into uh, outer space, and you're not sure if anybody's listening you know even though you see you know those download numbers uh, on your on your uh, host site but you want to put like, a face to every download like who is listening yeah to this? yeah who is that so i guess point is yeah please get in, i say it all the time on the show please get in touch for any reason at all yeah <laughs> no no for sure that's that's something that uh that i do i do the same thing as well all right man well 200 shows we better call it a night well let me ask you this to, before we close yeah. it out brian so what yeah. is um I gotta ask you, man, and I'm, I'm putting my, my podcasting hat on now. <laughs> what has been the kind of you know the podcast journey? What has it taught you about yourself personally and as a bartender? Uh, and also, what what's been the biggest highlight as a, as a podcaster? Well, the biggest, I mean, as a bartender. Like I said earlier, I didn't know how much I didn't know about bartending before I started this thing, you know, and, and just st- starting this thing. I thought I was a good bartender and I, you know, I was a good bartender, but I was s- far from a mixologist, you know, and I, I hate that term, by the way, you know, Gaz, Gaz, Gary Regan, he uses a term called, um, what's he call it? Uh, Cotillion bartender. Cotillion, you know? I like that. I like that even <laughs> I, Oh man, I was at an event. Um, we, we did an event at the club recently and it was all like the big wigs from the club, like, you know, the board members or whatever. And um, one, of them, one of them goes, this guy's the best mixologist you'll ever meet. And my face went so red. I was just like, I'm glad it's dark in here. You can't see how red my face is right now. Because, that you know, I, I prefer to be referred to as a, bartender you know not a mix up but on the other hand there's something to to that you know knowing about fresh juices and how to use simple syrup and you know that there are more than one kind of bitters and you know all this stuff you know so that's the kind of stuff i really didn't know you know when i started this show it's been about four years now so just wanting to learn talking to people having the opportunity to speak to people uh, the you know biggest greatest people in the industry and and go to these events has taught me so much. Man, when I went to Tales of the Cocktail for the first time four years ago, I was like, that that was a turning point in my life, man. It was like this is a life changing thing, and it, you know I knew that I knew in that minute that I had in that week that um, that's something I had to do every year. I just I, I needed to go back there every year. 
luckily that's when I, I contacted them and that's when they were starting their, their Tales 365 program. And it just so happened that they were like, yeah, actually we're looking for people like you. We need content like this. So now, you know, I'm, I'm uh, lucky enough to have my trip covered, you know, covered when I go down there and because I work for them and do this separate podcast for them. So, but that was really a life changing uh, couple of days going to uh, Tales of the Cocktail for the first time. And, you know, and now I seek out other events similar. Um, and uh, what else did you ask? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, actually, what's your goal for, for 2017, man? What do you want to accomplish with with this podcast? Uh, I wanted to, um, yeah, I want, I want to just keep it going, keep learning. I want to, um, I really want to get sponsors on board, which uh, <laughs> as we... If you're listening... Come on now. This is this is a very very and you know what, uh, Brian? When you started Bartender Journey, this was like you were the only right bartender or bartending related. For, pretty much, there was um, the the Speakeasy, which is Damon Balty's show, and now with Southern Teague. It's not exactly a podcast; it's sort of a live internet radio show. But you can also download it as a podcast. But I mean, there was a couple here and there, but. Um, yeah, I'll take it. I was one of the first. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I think you were. Because I remember when I discovered you guys, I was like, oh, this is cool. And I think you were the only, I think you were the first one that popped up. Um, yeah. But you've been putting in work. So for sponsors that are listening, come on now, commit. <laughs> commit to this uh, devoted podcast. There's 200 episodes in the bag. Well, thanks, Ozeal. Yeah, I've been really fortunate to have great, great guests on the show. And you bring on people. What I like about your show, Brian, is, you know, you. it's educational. It's fun. The production is is top notch. I know we said this before we press record. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and I'm, I'm trying to step my game up. Of course, I mentioned to you, but a lot of podcasters out there that you listen to them and it's just garbage. I mean, you really like, you really invest a lot of time and, and there's a lot of just great quality in your production. And, and that's, that's, I mean, you're, you're a pro man. And I think that that says a lot about who you are as, as a person, as a bartender, that you, uh, you appreciate great quality and you want to bring the best value to your listeners. So I think uh, I salute you for that, I man, because I listen to podcasts and they have like crazy downloads and you listen to the quality. You're like, this is horrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> so man, kudos to you, man. I think that's something that uh, it's worth mentioning. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, and through you, I've I've met like I've actually uh, beautiful booze. Like, there's a lot of blogs and books that I've never heard of. So you introduced me a lot uh, into what's going on in the latest books. So um, I love it, man. I think you just you, you're doing a great job, I and mean, your catalog is filled with great value and great education, and a lot of uh, inspirational stuff as well. So uh, man, uh, much respect, man. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, and thank you for being my guest today on the show, show number 200. Yeah, man, it was great to catch up. I know it's been a while, and uh, I've, been, I've been checking out the journey, and, and I'm a fan of your podcast. So I'm, once again, man, I'm honored to uh, be a part of episode uh, number 200. Thank you so much for that, man. Thank you, my brother. Cheers. Cheers. You got to get yourself a drink. I need, I need a drink. <laughs> I wanted a groanie. <laughs> It's yours. Yeah, I know, man. It's delicious. <laughs> so there you have it. Bartender Journey podcast number 200 in the can. Thanks so much for listening. And get on over to bartenderjourney.net. You can uh, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, there's a contact page, bartenderjourney.net slash contact. The subscribe page, again, can help you out if you need to figure out how to subscribe. But you can also, on that same page, subscribe to our e-news, email newsletter. And uh, not that I send out a ton of emails, but uh, every once in a while. 
And yeah, tell a friend. We, we want to grow this thing even more than it has, you know, over the next 200 episodes. So please uh, do what you can to, to spread the word. You can find Bartender Journey on Facebook. Just search for Bartender Journey within Facebook. You can find me uh, at Bartender Journey on Instagram as well. And Twitter is Barkeep Tips. All right, let's do a toast. Here's to longevity, great friends, and a glass that's never empty. We'll see you next time on Bartender Journey Podcast number 201. Cheers. Red Top is dry beer. It tastes as beer should for it's really extra dry. This is your Red Top Bartender, and I'm proud to tell you that, mmm, it tastes wonderful. For once you've tried Red Top, you'll always agree it's a beer for you.